0: Welcome back to The Change Physician. I'm Melissa Katie, The Challenge Doctor, with my co-host from the West Coast, Dr. Kevin Kakaro, and we're here with not Saturday, but Sunday salutations, just to share what's been going on in the podcast and any thoughts or events that we feel like sharing with the audience. If you don't know what The Change Physician is all about, you can go to thechangephysician.com and join, whether you're a physician or a physician ally, and we'd love to have you there. Um Sometimes we send an email or give an update on what's going on, uh, but you can always, usually Saturdays, I'd say, is our typical meeting time, usually 12, let's see, 12 p.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Central um, is generally when we show up live, so you can always join us there. Otherwise, you can watch it replays on Facebook, and we share some updated episodes or little clips um, in our Instagram, so
1: how you doing i am well i was just commenting before we started I, i'm a i feel a little bit tired and, yes uh, it's yeah just a little bit tired and part of it is because i didn't sleep super well yes uh, the last night which is um uh thankfully it's not something that happens all the time anymore i used to have a lot of problems with insomnia and i don't really have that uh it, you know it, it was like is you know when you have a problem like something that's a pain Mm-hmm. You oftentimes don't realize it's not really there until, it, until something happens. You know, and I always thought this was really fascinating because if, if you um, you know, when, particularly when we were, you know, you we were doing like clinical pain, it, it becomes all this all encompassing thing. Yeah. And it becomes very difficult to notice the cessation of a thing. Right. But that's what you're truly the, the goal is is to not notice it so that it becomes less and less prominent over time, right? That that you're not grabbing all this attention and it has to do with predictive processing, all this stuff. But anyway, so like sleeping, it's, um, I just literally thought about it. like, oh my God, I've been actually sleeping really, really well for a while, like a long time now. And uh, anyway, so that is a contributor is I didn't sleep very good last night. So instead of being a norm, that's a abnormal thing.
0: Yeah. You know, it's interesting. Um, I heard it was a certain context. So I won't go into detail, but I heard another physician that was really glad to hear that they were sharing this kind of information with patients, but Um, kind of related to what you're saying that you've got it's funny these interconnections like mood emotion um sleep like all of these things are kind of intertwined and and when you're missing sleep (laughs) like you can see how like the mood can change your emotions all these things can be um influenced by the lack of sleep and it's and obviously sleep's important for a lot of things your immune system just efficient all, all kinds of things that are important uh sleep is kind of like your rejuvenator so to speak but um it was interesting because there was analo- an analogy made to help the patient understand how intricate all of these things how they interplay and was saying you know it's like people who are being um you know, like in the military or, or, or some kind of, you know, not so great situation. If you really want to get something out of somebody, you, you keep them up, you don't let them sleep, and they, they break. And I mean, you probably have a comment about that. But <laughs> it was a good example of how it how sleep how critical sleep is, and how it will impact all these other things. And even in those scenarios, too, it's really clear that people don't do well.
1: Well, I think I, I I wasn't quite the first thing I thought of when you were, were talking was sort of like um and, and basic, but really when you look at kind of the buds training for the seals and how they keep them up for long periods of time. Yeah. Or you can also look at oh I, this never happens, but fraternity um hazing rituals for perhaps a week or two. Yeah. Uh but that I think what you were actually referring to then also was torture. So because yeah. keeping I didn't people use the word, wake, but yes. <laughs> well that then that's that is it's a it's a it's it's a technique used in interrogation with the reasoning being as, as you can become less stri- sleep, you it is much more difficult to think, to process information and you're more e- easily to, ex- to just basically um, talk about things that you would normally try to inhibit. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, sleep is, sleep is a fascinating thing. And um, for, the, for the, for the physicians out there, uh, you know, fibromyalgia is, is, well, there's a whole bunch of that's about fibromyalgia that I think is being published out there that I don't necessarily agree with, and I don't think is aligned with the science. But the one thing that is relatively consistent is um, disrupted sleep. Yeah. And so one of the targets is always, rest- you know, rest- if you can restore sleep patterns and work towards that, which is hard. Again, yeah. I've had a lot of disrupted feet for 20 plus years. It becomes very very difficult to do, but it can f- work wonders. And mm-hmm. if you have, are having time have a hard time empathizing with your patients. Remember being on call? So we were we were both pre-duty hours, I think. Um, were you were pre-duty I hours. I was right
0: in the middle of it. Uh, okay. Actually, the first no, the first year of my internship was where they went to eighty-hour work week, which didn't happen. Yeah,
1: I never. Yeah, <laughs> I think my it was either my, my last two or my last I don't remember what or last one they had the duty hours and it, it yeah. didn't work. I mean, I remember being in the OR with a with a neurosurgical resident had been up for. I don't know, a long, long, long time. He was yeah. at 9 p.m. at night and he'd been there since like three in the morning the day before.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but if you, you need know, that sensation when you're post-call, you ache, you can't think. Um, it chills. You get chills. You get this almost a nausea, sick feeling. That's mm-hmm. how I knew if I'm up for, a, you know probably about the 30 hour mark, I started getting nauseous. Yeah. And so then it starts, oh, wait a second. Okay, wow, it's really significant, disrupted sleep. And that actually you feel like crap and then just extend that out for months and months and months or years and years and years. And it gives you a little bit of appreciation of, of kind of that syndrome that people can get of which disrupted sleep is one portion of.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and it's interesting, just the, the interplay of everything in our health and our life. And, and just even, you know, with fibromyalgia, like you talk about, you want to optimize sleep, whether they have chronic pain, whether it's fibromyalgia or something else or any other condition um, but there's there's this even exercise and relieving tension from the body. Just there's so many benefits exercise if we could put it in a pill, like we always talk about, you know, exercise and sleep, like it's it's so incredibly important. And and I find it fascinating that I meet these patients. It was well, I'll just give an example. Generally speaking, somebody who had multiple allergies, multiple um uh conditions you know autoimmune um, GERD IBS like all of these hyper like like when you think of the nervous system they're all like like the system is hypervigilant like it doesn't say it that way on this paperwork but when I'm talking to the nurse who did all the intake of this information I just kind of asked I was like so you know because they're thinking this person's crazy and I'm, I'm like I don't know how you want to define crazy but i feel like someone who's had a hypervigilant nervous system for decades for whatever reason i just i told the the nurse i'm like i try to remain compassionate in these situations because these people are like little canaries in a coal mine like the the way their bodies respond to whatever stressor and i suspect probably trauma of some sort and ptsd or something because they're physically from whatever psychological trauma they had, they're physically manifesting in a lot of ways. That was my, she's like, well, I'm not, I don't try to like diagnose, but fascinating. I went and talked to the patient, you know, lent an ear because she was super worried about anesthesia and all this stuff and and she, she was gonna say, oh, I'm sorry, you need to do your questions. Like, no, let's address what you, get it off your chest. Like, let her get it off. Cause I know she's also gonna think about the things she wants to tell me. And, um, what came of that after I gave, you know, some compassion and she showed appreciation because I listened, it was revealed. This person had significant trauma, nothing on the chart anywhere, but you can like see all these manifestations of problems. And, uh, I don't know why I felt like saying that, but I feel like we underestimate, we try to like call someone crazy. Which you know maybe it may appear that way. Well, we're, this we're all struggling. crazy.
1: We were all we we're literally all crazy. <laughs> really, I mean, <laughs> humans are, are crazy. just crazy. It's just it's just the degree of crazy that you are really yeah. is is kind of the the key thing. And then there's um you know there's you have know, frank hallucinations and things like that. But we all have our tweaks and things and yeah and um you know Coping. look at well I you know and, and how we cope or. Or yeah. don't cope, or I yeah. should say, how we cope is really, you know, whether you're coping in an effective or ineffective manner. Yeah. Um. But. Yeah, I mean, we we are. I mean, I always I think it's interesting because you can either pathologize everything, like yeah. we typically do in medicine. We pathologize all the basically the human condition,
0: mm-hmm. and we.
1: So um, and I'm not saying that there that things don't need to be treated.
0: Mm-hmm. What
1: I'm what i do advocate for is the fact that you kind of understand that the the our brains and bodies developed in such a way to allow us to survive yeah and so for most of the things that we have pathologized there was a reason for that mm-hmm. so like anxiety is a typical one for me the game changer for me was i was sitting in a lecture um i don't even i don't think so i was thinking i don't remember what it was, it was an online lecture actually this was years and years and years ago through the the um what is his name? Herbert Benson's Stress Institute from Harvard, the guy who's like talks about this. What did he, I forgot what he talked about. Anyway, but the, but it was a psychiatrist and he was talking about how the brain like develops. And one of the, the when you start to look at the ability to predict, so, you know, predictive processing, the big thing, and you're kind of using it with machine models and third things. but this is ability to then take information now to anticipate what a future scenario is, right? That is the basis of civilization. Without that ability for us to project a future that does not exist and anticipate it and prepare for it, we cannot plant crops, we cannot build things, we cannot function in a world where we're trying to anticipate a future. Right. That's also the root of anxiety. Yeah. So anxiety is literally the root of civilization. So now, and that sort of changes the game. As we if we start and saying, well, anxiety is bad. If you're anxious, that's a bad thing. We need to cover it up every time. And instead, we go well. Okay, anxiety is a natural human condition that has a purpose. Now, if it is overloaded and it is it is paralyzing you, it you know now we need to dampen it down. But it's not something that we're going to eliminate completely. That sort of changes the game. Put it into perspective, and when you put the trauma history in, and we know when someone has had significant trauma, the earlier you you are the kind of both the quantity as well as the quality the degree of trauma that you are that you've experienced as a younger age we there's pr- changes in the brain on how it processes information and your brain becomes more um what i call stress sensitive or threat sensitive where it sees threats where normal people would not and the easiest way to kind of explain that is you know if you grew up in um in a really bad neighborhood where there was gang violence all the time if you heard a loud pop your default reaction is that's a shooting. Now, yeah. if you grew up where I grew up in Corvallis, where it's like relatively one of the safest places, you hear that and you go, whoa, what was that? Did someone pop a tire or, or whatever, right? It just, it doesn't, your physiology is going to be very, very different based on what your brain has learned over time. Yeah. And I think that's, that, that's the key thing that I always, we, we forget about this stuff. There is a reason why our brains and bodies have developed. And when we look at pain, and we see people with persistent pain, one of the kind of central factors of that, and a lot of people, not everybody, but a lot of them is trauma. Yeah. And, uh, and instead we saw them crazy. It's like, dude, not crazy. Their brains and bodies have developed from the environment that they were subjected to for over years, yeah. not to hurt them, not to be horrible, but to keep them safe and really to keep them safe in the moment at the kind of the cost of long-term, Yeah, you know, and it's, um. I don't know. It, it it's it, it is. I've I mean, done a lot of talks on this stuff. It is very hard, I think, for some people to to kind of step back and say, "Well, I mean, well, it's, well, I guess it's it's easier to say someone's crazy, or they don't want to get better, or yeah. they're not trying, or um, what what is the other ones that are just really? Uh, not, they're
0: not, or or sometimes like an extensions. They're non compliant. Like oh, I but, hate that
1: word. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. non compliant.
0: I'm like did you talk and ask why or like try to understand like there's maybe a good reason you know you don't even like take the time I, it's easier to project outward than to try to understand and be compassionate um, um and it's what,
1: harder to i was gonna say it's harder to do that when you yourself are exhausted and oh, yeah. overwhelmed and in oh, yeah. an environment where you don't have the time to do this
0: or lack Healthcare. of care <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> yeah so, yeah. so
0: it, yeah. you made me think of as physicians listening is um, it is really hard for someone who's embedded in the medical system. And, and I speak for myself too, to recognize that you are so desensitized to so much stuff for better or for worse. You know, we do partially for survival and just repetition and, and we're just acclimated, but it it's, it doesn't always serve us to, to be that way, because you don't realize that people not in the system, like anyone who's not in the medical system, will have normal, like, emotional reactions to stuff or have normal fears and, and anticipatory anxiety about what they're about to undergo, whether it's a procedure, anesthesia, um, just being in the office, who knows what they're going to do to me? Like, who knows? Like, or not knowing if this, you know, mass is a, a cancer. Like, there's so much that goes on psychologically within the patients that is normal. But we have desensitized ourselves to a lot of this stuff. And, and so we seem like we're not compassionate. And the reason I'm saying all this is because we're talking about anxiety and stress and traumas. We induce that on patients, too, whether we realize it or not, by how we have a lack of, you know, connection, whether you want to blame it on the insurance companies not having time to spend with your patient and giving them the, you know, the words and the connection and the, and the space, um, to, to have, you know, healthy conversations about what's going on with their, their overall health. Um, but I, I feel like we have to be more, if we can see through the eyes of the patient and, and recognize the, the patient is trying to be safe and not a lot of what we do is safe. And we actually harm patients and they've heard stories and I've had patients when they feel like it's safe to share it with me, which I know that this doesn't always happen for these same patients with other people and they share what's happened or they lost a, a, a someone they know to some negligent behavior and all this stuff. Like I think we have to be really cognizant of that and aware and, and respectful of that and, and know that there's a lot of anxiety, even though you might know it deep down there, but you don't really acknowledge it for the patient. But anyway, any thoughts? I always have lots and lots of thoughts, but I it, know it, I always it, say it like
1: it, that. It, but. It, but part of it is just it's just really hard to be a physician. <laughs> to be a really good physician is really, really hard. It is so much easier to be a bad one. <laughs> I mean, really, it is it's an interesting I mean, comment, right? It, it is. I mean, okay, so um, if you care, the harder it is and particularly when we, we, we've talked about like the incentivization of the system. We, you, you know, it's the Charlie Munger quote that really, you get the behaviors that you incentivize, right? It doesn't matter anything else, what you yeah. want to do, but whatever you incentivize you get. And, and there's, when you look at the incentives in healthcare analysis designed, it's optimized to do those incentives. Yeah. And that incentive is not good medicine. Like it, yeah. there is no incentive in there. And so, um, you know, if you don't care and you just look at your patients as widgets and you are looking at how you can optimize and maximize your views because that's how your pay structure is, and um and people do that and they make a ton of money, that's not good medicine, but it's it it makes the system well. But if you're a if you were trying to provide humanistic care and really see the person as a person and then realize all the contributors that go into their their experience, how so their the constructed experience of which all these symptoms, as well as these objective findings, come together into create, um, that's really hard. Yeah, that is, I mean, look at pain. So to have this kind of conversation and talk about uh, you know neurodevelopment and threat and how trauma histories actually amplify to try to keep your body safe in the now, and how that then predisposes you to increase stress and how that increased stress then is reflected in your physiology. And so you get this variety of sim- symptoms, including uh, insomnia, maybe abdominal pain, nausea, fatigue, difficulty thinking, fuzzy thinking. Uh, different parts of your body may ache. And to make that constellation of symptoms make sense, that's hard. And particularly when they're being told six to other times, oh, you're crazy. Oh, you're making this up. Oh, I that other doctor said this, but I looked and I saw some some wrinkles in your spine at your L four five over there, and that's where all your pain that you have all over your body somehow is coming from your 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 joint at L four five on the on the left. Come, I mean, it's it's ridiculous, you know, yeah. and. Um, I don't know, it, 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 it's a, <laughs> we're just kind of voicing the frustrations here. But yeah. if you guys are out there and you're trying to b- provide good care, I'm, I'm definitely saying don't do that. But recognize that it is difficult and there's a lot of things that are up against you to do this. Yeah. yeah. And the first thing you need to do is take care of yourself and to structure your life in such a way that allows you to stay safe and sane and then do the best that you can. Yeah. And sometimes that necessitates a change. Sometimes that cha- you're going to change environments, change practices, develop a new practice. Um, your income may change, but but you got to do it, do what is right rather than what is easy. That's my, one of my other favorite Harry Potter quotes. You know when he's like, yeah. "Dark and difficult times lie ahead, Harry." And then times will come where you have to make the choice between what is right and what is easy. And so often we default to the easy. Over and over and over again, and then we under we wonder why, you know, healthcare the way it is, or the world is the way it is, is because we always try to do, you know, the easy is easy, but the right is often really hard.
0: Yeah, I I have to make a comment about easy versus hard, or you know, what we're talking about earlier about if someone's someone's in pain post op, okay, it's it that's pretty reasonable I think it may seem a little bit more than what you typically see some patients but you don't know if this underlying nervous system has trauma and their experience of sensory input from whatever you just cut on that you didn't block and and their underlying anxiety is magnifying their pain experience which if you don't know what that means uh, maybe you should go look at the pain course online that Kevin did (laughs) and learn from that but if there are any surgeons or any other physicians, and of course the people that need to hear this may not are probably not going to hear this, but you know, don't just call someone crazy and that they're they're you know um, drug seeking post op in a recovery room, you know when and you're ignoring them and you're saying basically not compassionate things at all. Sometimes it may not be the IV medicine that they need as much as you just tending to them, at least acknowledging their pain, whatever you believe about it. But I mean, the fact that this stuff goes on, we talk about, it's easy to be a bad physician, this stuff happens. And, and you may not, the patient may not hear it. But it happens And in, in, in nurses and physicians are both um, guilty of this. And, um, you know, it's, the recovery room is not the time to necessarily teach a patient about modern pain science, but you can understand the pain science and approach it in a way that makes the most sense. At least that's my take on it. Uh, Kevin. I said, uh,
1: the, the, when you have somebody who's in an acute distress, yes, the goal is to help them feel safe. Yes. That's that's literally the key. Yeah. So if you, and, and I, the, I hate drug seeking. I, I, I hate that term. Like, that's what I have so many triggers, but that's a big trigger to me, oh, yeah. because there nobody's out there like, oh yeah, I just want to do heroin all the time. Oh, I just want your oxycontin. It, despite the mythos, they're cut, they're using that to do something. And so um, the terminology is, is they are, instead of drug seeking, they're distressed seekers, right? Mm-hmm. And they're seeking to alleviate that distress. Yeah. So in a post operative, what you're trying to do is help them feel safe help them to have the expectations of what a normal recovery would be, how to answer those concerns, minimize the fears. Here's a, you know, if you're a surgeon and you have somebody who's post-operative minimize the fear, dude, that's like the most important factor or one of the most factors that you can do. How can you make them felt, feel safe? And how can you eliminate the fears that they may be having? Um, yeah. there's a goal for prehab where, you know, give them realistic expectations so that of course, because the more you understand how things are going to be, the less threat there is associated with that.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: but yeah, I mean, but it's so much easier to label people. Oh, they're yeah. drug seeking. Oh, they're drug seeking. Oh, they're crazy. Oh, they're this. And I, I mean, I do understand it because when, when you're sleep deprived and you're stressed out and you're having a hard time and your clinic's behind, guess what your default is going to be?
0: Yeah.
1: The easy. Yeah. And it, so we, it happens to all of us, but the more you recognize that, that, that you're defaulting to it, at least you have aware there's a chance that you can interrupt that. And, um, hopefully change the care that you're delivering and if not step back and take care of yourself so that you can go back in to the foray
0: yeah yeah well I, we almost did an episode right there i think these are all important uh conversations and topics um let me just pull up with this past week on our podcast let's see we're now oh officially happy october um crazy isn't it it's yeah <laughs> you're crazy um <laughs> <laughs> i am crazy <laughs> uh it's, i think episode 256 this past thursday are you or do you have fun that was an interesting conversation um we're bantering back and forth about um in personal lives on the podcast like if we're fun or do we have fun how you can have fun all that stuff so if you missed that one go back and check that one out any comments nope about that okay <laughs> um Anything you'd like to share before we uh, take an exit? No, other than no nope. you know,
1: happy October, <laughs> happy October, and uh, we are now what three quarters of the year done, which just blows my mind. And this oh, month okay. will be over, and then it's going to be Thanksgiving, and then it's going to be Christmas, and then we're going
0: to start a new year. I know, so, and then I'm uh, going to turn happy 2024.
1: I guess that's what I should be saying, right? Because be here before Soon. we know it.
0: I know, uh, crazy. But... All right, well, take us out then, there, Kevin.
1: Well, thank you for joining us for Sunday salutations with the Change Physician podcast. Uh, as always, you can drop us a line at drkevin at thechangephysician.com. And I was going to say, you can join us next week. I can't, I, this is a weird month. There's some scheduling things that are going to be happening this yeah. month. So probably, but I'm not sure.
0: Yeah, so, I think this Saturday maybe we will be up, up and live.
1: Up and live. Oh, you oh, know yeah. what? I'm not going to be here this Saturday. We ha- might have to do Sunday salutations next week because oh. I am presenting at the Organ Pain Summit this weekend.
0: Oh, yeah, that's right. So, yeah, Friday I just, Tuesday. yeah. So it's
1: got to, so. Join us next Sunday for Sunday
0: <laughs> salutations. Yes. And until next time, stay well. Take Thank care. Thank you for joining us today on the Change Physician podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, please let us know by going to thechangephysician.com. And while you're there, be sure to check out the free book giveaways, guides, and other physician resources available to you simply by joining the community at thechangephysician.com.